All right. Assalamu alaikum, family. Welcome to this morning's power call. This morning's power call is going to be on a touchy subject. It's easy to say, but difficult to do. This morning's power call is called Settle Your Differences. It's kind of got the cadence like Brother Shakir. Study your lesson. This one right here is called Settle Your Differences. Right? And it's very easy to talk unity. This, this is just what I've discovered. I may be wrong about this. It's very easy to discuss unity, coming together on common grounds, and let's build together, and hold hands together, and let's lock arms. All that sounds good when things are going perfect. All of that is true and works when things is going as planned. But what I found in every organization I've been a part of, there is going to be differences. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be letdowns and disappointments. And if you can't find a way to stay united and communicate through differences and communicate through the emotions, that thing ain't going to last long. I'm going to say it again. You can have a great, uh, a great organization, great idea, great whatever. But if the human beings aren't able to communicate, comprehend, atone, talk, settle differences, then we just plan with this unity thing. Because if we think unity is, I'm going to get with some people and we just going to be, we ain't going to never have no problems for all these years. We living in fantasy world. So I want to present us with a teaching from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because we look strong, but we look masculine. Uh, we look alpha. But them tough conversations is hard to have. Just to say, you know what, brother? I see what you're saying. I was wrong. You know what, bro? I apologize for that, man. We'll get on here, we'll cuss, we, we'll, we'll, boy, we'll say the most revolutionary thing. But sometimes the most revolutionary thing is to say, I was wrong. Man, I apologize. What can I do to correct that wrong? See, that, see that's the behind-the-scenes work that take real manhood, real sisterhood, real, you know, yeah. You see, y'all, y'all, yeah, come on now. We'll, boy, we'll cuss out our children. We'll go at the white man. It's goddamn cracker. It's goddamn beast. Boy, we'll go in, boy. But when it comes to your own brother being able to say, man, I apologize. Boy, we be, we be so fearful of that, so afraid, so ashamed of what people going to think. So, no, man, we're going to deal with a hot topic. We're going to deal with a hot topic this morning. Yeah, it's easy to go make that money and, organize and you know we yeah we getting things together but yeah man that tough conversation that we got to put our ego to the side for yeah we gotta we gotta move that ego out the way and say come on man come on let's have this conversation that's difficult man that's difficult when you i'm talking about when you got a problem with somebody and you're not and you're not scared to tell him you're not scared to tell her See, what we do, we, we'll go around them. You know, I done done it before. I, I will, 
luckily, by the grace of God, I didn't tell everybody I had a problem with. I didn't also told them, but you know, I might be shoot, man. I'm mad in the mud. You know, you you may go around sometime. I had to find out somebody had a problem with me through somebody else. So it's like, damn, I didn't even know that. So it's it's easy to 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 do the unity game and, and to come together. But the minister and that article that we read a couple couple days ago, couple yeah, a couple was it last week? He said every organization going to go through some, but it's how the leadership handles it. How do they handle the inevitable problems that's going to come up in the organization? And what's the mindset? So this morning, we're going to listen to the minister talk about settling our differences, the mindset of why we need to settle our differences. See, and this is not just for organizations man that's important for organizations but it's important for your business it's important for our marriages it's important for our relationships with our own children come on man these are areas of having the tough conversations this is what get us trembling so let's talk about it so let's 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 delve let's delve right into it here we go. Uh-uh, that ain't it. No, boy, that ain't it right there. Here it is. Let's go. Using the greeting words of peace as a slogan. The greeting assalamu alaikum is not a slogan. It is not a password. It is a prayer uttered from the lips of a person who wishes God's peace on their brother and on their sister. Not only do I wish you peace, but I wish you the best peace of all. I wish you God's peace. Come on. And then I, as your brother and sister, will do nothing to disturb your peace, either by words that come out of my mouth or actions from my hand. That's what Islam is. It is the idea of making peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Why do you have to make peace? Because we have been taught all our lives to hate ourselves and to hate one another and we hate each other because we're the wrong color or we got the wrong kind of hair the wrong kind of nose came from the wrong part of town have the wrong kind of clothes on the wrong kind of degree or the lack of so peace has to be made and each muslim has to be committed to the idea of making peace between our people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Making peace sometimes means confronting that which is disturbing the peace. Not with a spirit of belligerence, but with a spirit that we have to get it right before the Muslims go into battle the Quran 
orders us to settle our differences. Come on now. Doesn't say that we won't have differences among ourselves. But what it does say is that we have a duty to settle all differences between us. How do you settle a difference? You have to state to the party that is that you have aggrieved or that is aggrieved by you. Go to the party and state to them why you feel the way you feel. Then let's sit down and talk about it and hash it out till we become a family again. Now, in settling differences, are you listening? In settling differences, there has to be on the side of the person who is wrong, the willingness to repent. And on the side of the party that has been wronged, the willingness to forgive. When you have proud, arrogant people who don't even want to admit that they wronged their sister or wronged their brother, then you got some, well, even after you repent, they say, well, I ain't going to forgive you. Well, you got to get up out of here then. I'm throwing you out. If you can't repent of wrong and forgive one another, then you don't have no part with me. And I want no part with you. Wow. Because as a people, we will never have unity. Come on. If we're going to harbor in our hearts the debris and hatred and bitterness from petty things. Petty things. That make us enemies of one another. So if we have to go into battle, I can't trust you at my back. You can't trust your sister or brother because we have become each other's enemies. In the Quran, we are told to stand in battle like a solid wall. You can't be a solid wall against the enemies of righteousness if you have become enemies of one another. Settle your differences. But first, there must be the willingness to acknowledge when truth is spoken, that I'm wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong. Everybody want to be right. But in settling differences, you got to listen to your brother, listen to your sister, and stop a moment. Don't put up the defense. Every time somebody tells you something that you did wrong, here's what you do. You're trying to position yourself so you can get in a position to throw your blow. You're not going to settle a difference that way. You know how you settle a difference? When somebody comes complaining to you of something you've said or done, stop a moment and see if you can see yourself from their perspective. Come on now. Just stop a moment and say, well, let me see. I don't think I'm wrong in this matter at all. But let me see if I can see me from your perspective. Tell me what it is that I've said that offended you. And you know something? 
when you begin to see from each other's perspective you say well yeah from your perspective I could have been wrong but let me show you another perspective now you begin to reason with each other and you know what you begin to find out it was so simple come on man and you allowed a wall to come between you when it could have been broken down but you kept adding bricks to the wall against your brother to justify your nasty attitude one toward the other Ooh, that's it short and sweet come on man so simple he says strive to see from the other person's perspective because our perspective is gonna always be right well, I did this because you did this. Well, I thought this, and I saw this, and I did. You're going you're gonna to justify. We're going to use the set of intelligence now. I'm going to share one instance with you all. We may share it together soon. There's There's five brothers, six brothers, that I have th three of them. I've done conflict resolution with. And it's uh two of them have been successful. One of them is in the process. So I, I'm saying this to say, I ain't on here just saying what I ain't doing. Y'all don't know about it, but you, you may know about some of them soon. Two of them successful. One of them in the progress. Three of them. One of them just ignored me. Two of them just ignored me. One of them, when I called them, uh, act like it wasn't a problem, but I had to find out through other people that it was a problem. I knew it was a problem, but I got to find out through other people that it's some problem. But when I call you directly, oh man, ain't no problem. Baby. So ain't nothing I can do about that. You gotta, you know, there, you at least got to admit that there's some type of problem, but let me share with, with you all one, uh, instance. So there was a brother, <clears throat> And this brother's background, he, his mother was a part of the Black Panthers or helped out the Black Panthers. And helped out the Black Panthers and uh, they've experienced some, in, some infiltration through women. There was women used to trick and bring down the organization. He saw this. His mother warned and trained him on this from what he told me. Well, when he got to a particular city, a woman was used on him to try to bring him down. So he has a guard up when it comes to protecting something being built because of what he's been trained on and raised up already being taught based on what has happened and what has tried to happen even to him. So fast forward, we doing something together. I have a relationship with a woman, not that type of relationship, a business relationship where she has helped me in an area. I know her. He don't know 
how much I know. He thinking I'm just being introduced to her, right? All look, listen to all the context that's missing from our relationship here. So I'm getting help for this because I don't know much about this. You know what I mean? I know I know my part of this, but I don't know much about this part. So I'm like, well, I know somebody who do, though. So let me bring to make sure everything's done right. Well, as I start to bring her in, remember, y'all, he's thinking what well, I found out. He's thinking, brother, Ben, don't he don't see what's happening because I'm starting to look from my perspective. I'm bringing somebody in who know what they're doing because I don't know this area. He's thinking, brother Ben, you telling them all this, you don't know what they coming in for. They may be coming in to use you. They getting in through you to destroy it, and you don't see it because you ain't. See what I'm saying? Y'all see how to confuse? So what does that do? Come to find out, now we at odds. Damn, man, you ain't. why you didn't tell me that? Or, hey, man, why you didn't share this with me? Or, man, what's going on? You changing up? We don't know why until we had to, we had to sit down in conversation. And he began to pull back from me, not because of me, but because of those who was around me thinking that he's almost protecting me or, or, or keeping me from certain information so that I'm not sharing it with them because this person may be coming in because he don't know them to destroy it. Now, God was able to make things happen to where we was able to get on the same page and was able to see that now this person was legit, you know, but. Look at the context. So what I learned is you got to really know a person's background. You can't just be in business with somebody and, and you got your duty. I know your skill set. You know my skill set. No, I got to know you. And if we never sat down and said, hey, man, we need to talk, man. Like we could have we could have been on some ego. I mean, I ain't talking to that nigga. He ain't saying nothing to me. We could have been on that. I mean, I ain't. We could have been, but hey, man, for the greater good of what we trying to do, come on, man, let's sit down and have a conversation. I shared my side, how this affected me. He shared his side of how he admitted his wrong. He said, hey, man, I could have thought that. So the conversation got to be had. And if we, man, if you had the conversation, you may see, damn, I really understand why he did it now. It removes the the, the 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 devilish thoughts gonna come, man. Man, what is he on? Man, what is that? It's gonna come because you you in the process of being is is you unknown. So you gonna come up with stories. If you don't go get the actual fact, you're gonna come up with a story. You gonna come up with something to justify why I'm mad as hell. I'm just keeping it real, man. Telling y'all from experience. So when you upset. Or you dealing with something, don't just talk about I'm upset. If you can explain to the person why you upset so that that person can understand from your perspective. Oh, OK. Well, the pro so in my situation, I'm thinking, bro, we got to increase our communication. The, the solution is increase communication. You're not telling me stuff, bro. You got to start telling me stuff. Mm -mm, that wasn't the, that wasn't the solution. But because I didn't know how he was feeling, I couldn't come up with the right solution. So the right solution was for them two to sit down. Hey, man, come on. I know you got doubtful. Man, let's come on to the table then. Let's get, let's get clarity. Because if you really know who she is and see that she legit, 
That's the real problem. It's not me and you. It done became a problem, but the real solution to it is not for us to talk because you may say something, start giving me, but then that that, that feeling going to start kicking back in and you're going to pull back again, and that's what happened. So the real solution was them building a relationship, but if we don't know each other and what we struggling with and going through, we don't know what to say, what to do, how to maneuver. Man, this stuff gets deep. So I just wanted to share this, man, because... Man, this stuff, this stuff, this stuff that I'm going through behind the scenes, man, it's, 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 it's healing. It's, uh, it's proving the eight steps of atonement because all of us, both, all three of us that have been successful pretty much went through that eight step of atonement. And uh, it's, 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 it's been working. It's been working. All the ones that wasn't working was they either didn't, you know, they either ignored me or, uh, or act like it wasn't a problem. But those of us who was like, yeah, man, I got a problem with you. Well, I got a problem with you. And I really... Shoot, we laid, we sat down, communicated, man, shoot, then got over that, man. So I know that the eight step of atonement works. So that mindset that the minister talking about, man, how can we go in battle? We talking about some damn, we, we online talking about the white man, but behind the scene, we can't talk to our own brother. Come on now. We online talking about going to war with this beast. Oh, it's a spiritual warfare. Oh, oh his principalities in high place. We on here, we on here going in. On the enemy, make it all looking good. But then behind the scenes and closed door, you can't settle differences with your brother. How that look? How that look? Now, if y'all just going to go separate ways, cool. But damn, you can't even have a conversation about it. You're not willing to, because he Christian or because he, you see what I'm saying? So the enemy laughs at us. When he see, damn, all it takes is a little differences about this, and and they gonna be through. Shoot, man, I can't wait till they start throw some, throw another wrench in. Because it's not your your perfect partner is somebody who don't go through nothing. It's that whenever we go through something, we gonna go through it. We gonna get through it together, no matter what goes on. It's kind of like we talk about being brothers. Are we really brothers? Cause that brother that you grew up with, y'all get into it. Y'all, man, you might fight with him, do whatever, but man, it's still my brother. So, I mean, I'm finna be living with him. So we gonna have to overcome this at some point. Some of us don't really see each other as brothers. Sometimes the first thing they do, yeah, I'm through with that. I ain't never talking to him again. And that's not how we're going to move forward with unity because that's always going to happen. Listen, when you join the nation, you gonna some gonna happen. When you join the church, get what? Some gonna happen. You join a black parent, you join any organization, something gonna happen. Cause we still human beings. The 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 the, the organization principles, the values may be perfect. The reasoning and what you the, the mission may be perfect, but it's still underdeveloped human beings that we got to deal with daily. So you, you're going to get into it maybe with your captain. You're going to disagree with your lieutenant. You're going di- to disagree. That's why the minister is giving us the study guys and giving us measures and ways to overcome it when it comes, not if, when it comes. All right, I'm through. I'm through. I, I guess I went first. So if anybody else want to share something on this topic, go ahead and press the number one. In the comment section, man, because this is this is a heavy thing, man. If you think about all of the hip hop groups, the rap groups, the R and B groups, go look and see why they broke up, bro. Listen to them, getting back, going. Listen to their separate interview, bro. Y'all just need to talk.
Come on, man. Think about it. Think about a rap group that was together that's not together today. Think about the reason they ain't together. Well, it was money. You think they couldn't come together and talk about that? It's ego, man. I don't. I ain't finna come sit down in front of you. Hurt me too much. If if more people listen to this process, this mindset that the minister is talking about on settling your difference, a lot of these great organizations that was once together would still be together, man. If we just did this. We got somebody named Brew High. You worried about what the minister wearing, and we talking about conflict resolution. Let me block you. You you up early. You up early in the morning worrying about what another man dressing. Let me get you up out of here, man. You let me let me uh let me let you go. You got you you can be praying and you need to you could be praying, singing ABCs to your children or something. You don't hear worried about what the minister wearing. Let me get you up out of here. We talking about conflict resolution. We talking about conflict resolution. Get you up out of here, man. You up early in the morning. You you get let me let me not let me get to these ones, man. Let me get to these number one. Let me see. Uh, first up, we got brother Jay. Go ahead, brother Jay. Hold on, let me make it to where you can unmute yourself. Go ahead, brother Jay. Brother J ten, where you at? Can y'all unmute yourself? Oh, wait, wait, wait. My bad, my bad, my bad. I had my volume down. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, So growing up, my mom and my aunts would get into it all the time, like big arguments. Some of them led to fights, this and that. And then like two, three days later, sometimes if it was bigger, maybe a week later, a, a month later, when they sit down with each other, they, oh, girl, well, if I knew you felt like this and I knew you felt like this, then I wouldn't even would have said this or I would have did this. I didn't know. If I would have knew, it wouldn't have been like that. I'm sorry, girl. And then they uh, rinse and repeat it. Well, one time my mom and my aunt Monique were into it and she ended up passing away. My aunt ended up passing away and she was not able to, um, they weren't able to reconcile. Um, and that hurt my mom more than whatever it is her and my aunt was going through. So that just made me realize that it's very important to rise above those emotions. And if it's possible to reconcile, because if that person is gone that you having those problems with, um, then one, that's going to hurt worse than whatever they did to you. And then two, that process isn't able to get completed. And it's very important for that process because our emotions make some very small that can be very simple, to simply talk about to communicate it blow up into something big and if somebody loses their life y'all not able to have those conversations or things like that anymore so i just feel like that's very that's very very important to get over your feeling um emotions um to make that happen because nine times out of ten the root of the bit of the of the um issue that you have in between people is very small man it's very small then because literally every single time my aunt so my mom would be like and also my mama come tell me about the situation and I'm and she would say to me exactly what she needed to say to her sister or vice versa. I'm like, did you tell them that? And they'd be like, nah, because X, Y, Z, and they got whatever excuse when, why are you telling me exactly what you need to be telling them? All it takes is a conversation. Why can't you say that? But that's what I got from it, man. That's, that's very important that you do that, man. This, this is a powerful call. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Uh, next up, we got brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum family. 
I wanted to uh, sit on that point when he speaks about the duty is uh, we have a duty to make peace with one another. And when I look up that word duty, when you say it's a moral or legal obligation or responsibility, a task or action that someone is required to perform. And then this part of the definition where it says that it is of a person that is engaged in their regular work. So it should be our duty, meaning that something that we do on a regular basis, regardless of how we may feel today, we don't want to settle that difference. We still need to go above that emotion and still settle that difference because as you brought up, we don't know what other people have gone through in their past. We don't know what triggers them. We don't know what words or, the, or tone that we may use that could trigger them to go off, but it should be our goal to, to make sure that our intent may be to, to be peaceful, make sure that we get clear on our communication, make sure that we get above what that trigger that may have been and actually get that difference settled so that we don't create that wedge or create that division to be even deeper than what it already is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next up, Brother Winford. Assalamu alaikum. Can you hear me? Alaikum. Yes, sir. All right. Man, this is a very, very, very deep uh, topic, man. This was right on time. You know, just hearing the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan, you know, break it down, man, on, on, you know, that bringing them differences together. I mean, it is hard. Like you said, when you first, when you first started out saying – you know, sometimes so you go around it, you know, and, and because it be the, the closer you are to a person, uh, when, when that difference do come, man, that 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 hurt, uh, man, that hurts things, man. You know, it, it, it stings, man, and and it takes you some time to to uh, really, you know, look at the situation, man. And it's not really so much the situation; it's 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 the relationship that you have with that person, man. And you really, uh, you, you really put your all into a relationship with that person. And when you have that difference with that person, man, that hurt is just sitting right there, man. And you, you, it's it, it just, I mean, honestly, you know, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just takes time. It takes time. And, and, you know, you don't want to, you're not, you don't try to, uh, allow so much time to go by. So in the time that you are, in that situation where you delaying uh, 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 taking the best step forward, I think the best thing to do is just continue to just pray to Allah about it. You know, just continue to pray to God to show God that, hey, look, uh, I'm I'm just hurt right now, Allah. I'm 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 I'm, I'm striving to come and, and 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 get with this person, you know. But but at this particular time, and I think Allah knows best, you know, uh, man. And 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 you know, when you when you see something like that. And when it does come to the table and when you have that conflict resolution and you go through this a step of atonement, I think what gets you over that hump is the the personal relationship that you do have with God, that self-improvement. That self-improvement has to be just you and God. You know, that's what's going to be able to open you up uh, even to that other person and that other person on the other end that had to come to the table, too. They have to have their own personal self-improvement relationship with the law where they literally really try to see themselves as a better person. And I think that's what makes, you know, at the end of the day, it comes to, uh, like I said, it may take a little while. But if both people on their own individual time is striving to really literally build that that personal relationship and self-improvement with the law, I think eventually it'll 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 come to a head. Assalamualaikum. Yes, sir. Sister Ebony X.
Sister Ebony. Peace, family. Peace. Good morning. Good morning. So, man, this one just brought up like a whole lot of feelings from past to present. And it, it, it was going back to 2007, I had an issue with a sister. Unfortunately, she ended up passing away Mother's Day weekend, which makes 16 years now. And we were pregnant at the same time. She was my sister-in-law. And so it kind of, we had, it, it. the issue was so simple. It could have been so simple, easily resolved, and it wasn't. And before, and me and my heart of hearts, just knowing, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give it some time, let it cool down. Even when, in those moments when you think you giving it time to cool down in that, in your heart of hearts, when it hits you, you just need to react on it because you just never know what may happen from that day to the next day, because it could all be gone. A person that you, that you having these issues with can be gone in a blink of an eye. And like, like I had, a into the present time, I have a sister that I consider my God sister since like the seventh grade. And we had like, you know, a little dispute or whatnot. Like, and, and I feel like, because she is my sister. To me, she is my sister. I feel like the things that transpired shouldn't have never transpired. If we calling ourselves scissors and you know what I'm saying, we bigger than this. It should never be. And we still contact from here, time, you know, happy birthday, simple stuff like that. But I have been reaching out to her because I know I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. Just past tense from losing my my sister-in-law it's it's never worth it really if you think about it you you uh you went out uh since i don't hear you no more oh can you hear me now yes ma'am so if you have love for yourself just as you have love for your next brother your next sister you know what i'm saying you're gonna you're gonna stop it right right then and there. Look, sometimes like and I had a I, I've been going back and forth with myself. Am I gonna be because I feel I wasn't wrong, you know what I'm saying? But of course we all feel like we're never wrong in the situation. But it's just being that bigger person to be like, look, all right, what just how you said. We I got I my, this is my issue, and this is how I looked at the situation. Where you sitting at? What was your issue? And let's put it to an end. Like, are we going to continue to go tit for tat or act like nothing ever happened and you still harboring feelings and I still have, I feel some type of way when you could just put it out there on the table. And you know what I'm saying? Everybody goes through stuff. So you don't ever, you never know what anybody is going through in those moments when conflicts arise. So that's how I feel about it. But I, I this one here home. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for yeah, sharing. Have a good one. You too. Uh, next up, we got Sister Brianna. There we go. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Alaikum. Man, ain't he, ain't he just always on time? I we. Uh, I've literally been talking about this 
for like, like the last three days, like no matter how uncomfortable a situation may be, it's always better to speak your piece and talk about it than to just leave it lingering or waiting for the right time. Like, of course, sometimes you do have to wait. It may be a heated moment. You may have to take a step away. But I personally feel like that step shouldn't be more than a day or two, right? Depending on the situation. But for the most, for, but, but most circumstances, if you can't deal with it in the moment right then and there, then it should be dealt with uh, pretty soon. And, oh, man, this is going to sound crazy. But not to put the other person's feelings in mind sometimes. Because the truth hurts every now and then, right? As long as we do what... What um was it T.D. Jake said? Talk without being offensive. Listen without being defensive, and always leave your opponent with dignity. As long as you're you're following that guideline, I think that you should be okay. Because some things just have to be said, no matter how harsh it may seem, or how bad the situation is. And I feel like I'm also trying to. Uh, learn exactly uh i'll say what my place is because i'm someone where i want anyone to tell me everything i have no qualm about what they say if you are giving me something and i know you're doing it out of out of love or kindness i want to hear it right so but most people don't think that way they're like nah i don't want to know i would rather be hurt by the truth than comforted with a lie um, but then there's certain things that we can't even get into, like, like other people's relationships or whatever, no matter how much they come and complain to you about it, you know, you still can't really get yourself involved in that way. Um, so I guess it's a balance, but man, I'm working on it. Cause like, if I see some, if I see you with someone that clearly doesn't make sense and you keep complaining to me about it, it's like, why would, if I'm your friend, you should say something, right? Like, I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Thank you for sharing. Sister Randisha. Boy, this is a deep topic this morning, boy. Sister Randisha, you still there? Let's see. I don't see you unmuted. You got to unmute yourself. All right, let's go to Sister Angelica. Sister Angelica, are you there? Assalamu alaikum. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely just want to say this, and as you can tell, this was definitely on time. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Um, I must say, though, um, we have been talking a lot about um, here, down here, um, in our study group here in uh, Dayton. Ohio, uh, we just been discussing um, closing the gap and also where the minister speaks about the period of transitioning, um, how that's a dangerous time um, for us um, as believers, because as we are in this period of transitioning, um, sometimes we can judge ourselves and judge our judge others Um in not a justifiable way, right? So when it comes to 
us also trying to work together as one and build on the brotherhood and sisterhood, what I'm starting to realize is that um, it's really, really important to work on self because if you don't love your brother as you love yourself or love your sister as you love yourself, you're not going to see them in that same light. It is very, very, very crucial for us to dive in deep into that self-improvement. Um, what I've also learned is, is I'm I'm growing myself as I'm coming to periods in my life where there's disagreements or things that I may not agree with, but because I may not want to hurt a sister or maybe because I may think that they may perceive me wrong, um, I may hold it in. But me, knowing me, I'm not that type of person to hold it in. I loved, I, I had to express myself, especially if we're supposed to be working together as a union. Um, so in a sense of me saying that, um, it brings peace within yourself. That's what that's that's the beauty of the eight steps of atonement, because it's a healing. It's a it's a beautiful healing within self. And then you're also being able to see yourself grow as a person based off who you used to be and the person that you're becoming now. It's a it as I am growing into my Islam and really diving deep into just um, the teachings and um, working together with my brothers and sisters down here, um, I'm starting to see the growth within myself. It's like, man, you know, the old me, I, I would have reacted fast and not even thought about apologizing, not even thought about looking into myself and where I was wrong at, you know? So as I'm starting to see how I'm reacting to certain situations. I'm seeing the defects within myself, the defects, I'm sorry, within myself. I'm like, man, um, I got to work on that. So I believe that with us trying to, because I know the topic, you have it um, as brother, well, let me go back. The topic is as far as like us uniting this organization and brothers working together. I know I may not say it, have it in exact. However, it just made me think about us growing as a family here um, where I'm at um, and how um, we have to be able to work our issues and really engage into dialogue with each other and have these have these uncomfortable conversations. Because, again, um, I'm not for sure um, who stated it on the call, um, but those uncomfortable conversations are needed. Because I don't want to continue to be working with someone knowing I feel some type of way about you. It's fake. It's not real. And then you got to turn back and look at yourself because you ain't being real to yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very, very grateful that you touched on this, Brother Ben. This was on time. And I truly believe that if we really, because that's the thing, you know, and I love how you say, you know, <laughs> We, we, we talk, you know, we preach the teachings, we preach, you know, about um, coming together and stuff and that. So, but are we really, you know, putting it into application? Are we really doing it for ourselves? Are we really doing it with our brothers and sisters when we're having problems and we're having issues? So I think that's the thing with us. We have to really put those things that we preach about into application. So, yes, sir, I'll praise due to Allah.
Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, Brother Shakur. Assalamu alaikum, family. Peace, Brother Ben. How you doing, sir? How are you and the family? Blacktastic. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, you on something today. It's it's like when when we come into this this knowledge and come into Islam, Islam, I-S-L-A-M. You know, you hear Orthodox Muslims, they say, they say, uh, brother, Islam started with the Prophet Muhammad. But we know the messenger told us what Islam is older than the sun, moon and stars. And we know this. And when you we study the science or we say the mathematics of Islam, because everything we see around us is mathematics. We always try to move mathematically correct. And from that, we know the difference between God and devil. Right. And we know that based on our thinking, how we think. On that island, devil can be manufactured. So when you talk about conflict resolution, you know, when I first joined the FOI, we were given a manual called proper handling of the people. And the first letter in Islam is I. You always have to look at the self. And our culture is our self, Lord and master, meaning that you got to master the self. Although that's why you see the changes when you are able to address yourself first and all your shortcomings and all your inadequacies when you're dealing with a brother or sister. Now, if that person is coming with the same mentality and the same love, then you can have that conflict resolution. But if a person is coming from a position of devilishment, meaning they coming that they were sent there by the government or to do you harm or, or, or to cause hardship to you, then how do you you deal with that type of individual? That's when the minister talks about, you know, hey, your unity is more powerful than an atomic bomb. So when you talk and you see when people are moving mathematically correct or not moving mathematically correct. And so when you see that person coming from an outside source trying to destroy what you are trying to build, then in that case, it's like, okay, I have to be like the proton. I keep that electron on the outside. I'm not for you or against you. I will use that with, with family members when you when you come at a standstill. I'm not for you or against you. Whatever you earn is whatever you earn because how you dealing with that, you can't put your mind in a negative position because you will start manufacturing devil within your thoughts. So that's why you set your mind on high and righteous things. Right. So the other note I took here is about mastering the self is I talked to you about proper handling of the people. And that's when we have atonement and the study guides is how to the process is what make you from going from knowledge to born, born back to knowledge. Once you get to a stage, you got to go back through it to understand how you got to those steps or where your position is so you can keep constantly growing. Right. Then from there. I'm looking at how uh, Jesus dealt with with uh, when the people were around him, how he was how they were talking to him and he was dealing with the demon. And he said and, and it, he said, uh, Jesus, I'm paraphrasing that. He said, uh, who, who are you? Right. What is your name? I think the demon said we are we 
we are we are many we are legion and so when you look at this you got systems upon systems upon systems that are demonistic that look to tear you down in every way relationship with your family relationship with your mother your father your sister your friends relationships that you have at work and you have to be moving mathematically correct through these systems so you be able to deal with this beast on every level right so getting to the last part of my notes this is what i talk about the atoms and protons right and you see it whenever the the like i said before Truth and falsehood don't mix. Fresh water and salt water don't mix. Right? God and devil don't mix. This is the proton and the electron. The proton don't mix with the electron. That's why you separate yourself when people don't mean you well. My grandfather used to tell me all the time, he say, son, because you got to remember it took, it took 400 some years, it took 300 some years to make a Negro because there's there's a, I think it's a, I can't remember. There's a like, uh, 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 six or four years of missed in history of how they had to make you a Negro. And like my grandfather said, he said, son, ain't nothing worse than a nigga, but two. And you got to know the difference between a nigga and a black man. And they are made. So, you know, that's all I wanted to say. Salam alaikum. Walek salam. Sister Randish, you want to try again? Sister Randish. All right, let's go to Sister Yolanda. Assalamu alaikum, family. Walek salam. As Sister Angelica, if I'm pronouncing your name properly, and Brother Shakur brought out some points that made me go a little deeper. But in Sister Angelica, it brings uh, what she said when we are in this state of let's make an atonement. It brings about a peace within self when it is effective. And it also, for me, it lightens my load. And allows me to have more freedom of movement because I'm not carrying stuff. In one of Sister Dr. Ava Brooks, um, Weapons of Self-Destruction, tying this in, it says Black men and women are in a state of hostility for a number of reasons. We need to go beneath the surface where we only see personality traits and the insignificant aspects of what this world calls gender. We must get an understanding of how each of us functions on a chemical, electrical, and spiritual level, as Brother Shakur always tells us about these uh, lessons. The physical and mental are realms the physical and mental realms are male-dominated, and the emotional and spiritual realms are female-dominated. The balance among all four levels is essential to the health of individual and the whole human family. And I could also bear witness to what I read and hearing what the minister says, because when we don't uh, address 
our uh, misunderstandings, it brings about an attack on our body as well. Mm. And it attacks our organs. So I have known a childhood friend since like the 11th grade. And they've always been such an angry person and just rough all the way around. So just here recently, they had were dis- they did um, the physicians discovered a mass on the kidney. And again, how to eat to live. I, I, I try to share all those who listen or want to listen, or even if they don't want to listen and they hear, at least I drop the seed. It's up to you to let it, you water it and fertilize it. Therefore, he grew this mass. Um, the kidney was eventually removed. Now one of his kidneys uh, is barely working. So he has dialysis three times a week. And I've been saying this for I don't know how long. Like, please give people their luggage back. It's not for you to carry it. If you had the conversation, don't go in it with an expectation of I want them to address this, 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 that, and other thing. No, release yourself in love. You don't know when you release yourself in love and you try the atoning process, what it what signals it sends out to the other individual. And it might release some stuff in them too. You may not get the answer that you want or was looking for. I don't know, but let it go. Give people their stuff back. You did your part. Now you may have trickled something in them and they may begin to do their part, but do your part. It's not going to always work out the way we want it to or the way it should or the way the process designed. But nevertheless, you executed on a thing and bring that peace to yourself. Asalaamu Alaikum. Wow. Alaikum Salaam. Well, that was all other ones. I know Sister Randisha was having a hard time coming off of the mic. So maybe we going to get yours in the telegram or something, man. But this is. This is huge, man. This is relationships all across the board, not just business, family, uh, children, uh, uh, hiring people. Everybody goes through something, and at the end of the day, we're dealing with another human being. And if we don't understand the perspective of the other human being, try to understand what that person is thinking, it's going to hard to become one, which is why. And we'll get into relationships as we continue to do this power call. The minister during the Know Your Role lecture, speaking of marriages, he said he asked them to raise their hand who was married. And essentially he was like, nobody should have raised their hand because you're not married yet. Just because you go down and get your license and say I do, do not mean that you're married yet. You have not became totally one just because you went down and signed a contract. And that's what we should remember about our marriages. And that's what we should remember about our organizations. That's what we should remember about our business partnerships. Yes, y'all have agreed to come together. Y'all have discussed the percentage splits and things of that nature, but y'all not one just because y'all both founded a business. Y'all not one just because y'all agreed to do something together. There is a process of becoming one with the opposite person. And that takes 
work that takes trials. If the minister says that difficulty brings out of you that which you didn't even know was in you, you don't think that's not the process of becoming one with another human being too? Y'all are going to go through things to bring out of y'all certain things that you didn't even know was in. There's thoughts that the other brother that you don't know that somebody got about you until something happened. Oh, damn, that's how you was really feeling? Oh, okay, that's what you was really thinking? You don't know how a person going to respond until something happens to show you. It's like it's easy to say what you would do. I'll do, I'll die, I'll do this. I'll, I seen a post the other day. It was pretty funny. A guy wrote a post about, uh, oh, man I'm, man, I'm willing to die for you. She said, do it. Prove it. Die. <laughs> it was funny, but it's just like we, we, it's, it's easy for us to say what we would have done and what we would do. But these certain uh, situations prove our love. And, and if we do it in the right way, with the right attitude, it will grow us in love. It will build the relationship. Those things that we see from my small perspective as negative are the things that will rebuild the relationship stronger than what it was in the first place if both if both parties have, you know, the proper attitude. Let me see somebody. Go ahead. Try again, Sister Randisha. See if you can come off mute. Okay. Didn't work. Uh, brother, brother Shakir. Peace, Brother Brand. Brother Brand, I want to add on the minister said years ago, it's about your way of thinking. Remember when I, uh, uh, and we were talking one day and 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 uh, brought up uh, about Jesus dealing with Nicodemus. He said, how can a man be born again at an old age? And pretty much, you know, Jesus was like, you're a scholar. You should know this. And he, he replied, he says, uh, a man is born, born, born again of, of spirit and mind. Meaning that you got to think a certain way. That's why in any any of the scriptures that you're reading, they're law books. You're dealing with our law, all law, principle, laws, and orders. So, you know, the minister said, people, you hear people say all the time, I'm not religious. Well, he said religion is what you practice. If you, if you practice on being, excuse my language, an asshole, that's what you is. I don't care why you dress it up as a Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, but if you practice that, that's what you are. Mm -hmm. Right? Your actions. Now, the Add on to that, he went on to say, you know, people get so ritualistic that they forget that the rituals are based on immutable, meaning that they never change. Those things are concrete. That's the mathematics. Those principal laws and order mathematics that they don't change. But people become so ritual ritualistic. They going through the ritual and forget that the ritual was based on mathematics. On principles, right? And so this is what he said, a way of thinking. Now, this is the part. He said, if if everybody on this planet thought peaceful thoughts all at the same time, you would see the weather become clear. The oceans would stand still and there would be peace across the whole planet. That's that electromagneticism because you produce your own energy. Peace. Peace. Sister Randisha. Again. Again. Assalamu alaikum. Can you guys hear me now? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Okay. Yes, sir. So, not sure what was wrong, but 
Um, so a few things that stood out to me was, you know, when the minister said that the greeting words of peace, assalamu alaikum is not a slogan, a password. It is a prayer who wishes God peace on their brother and sister. Islam, the idea of peace, blessed are the peace, blessed are the peacemakers. We have been taught to hate ourselves all of our lives. I think about the Willie Lynch syndrome. Um, peace has to be made. Each Muslim has to be committed to making peace with our people. Sometimes that is definitely hard, and I'm going to share my experience. So confronting that which disturbs peace, sometimes we have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable with saying certain things, right? Um, I'm not a great speaker, and sometimes I don't like confrontation because I just don't like how um, I'm very quiet, um, and I don't like confrontation because it just disturbs something, right, that peace within so we definitely have to um set a wild difference. The minister says we have to go to the party and state why we feel the way that we feel. So I'll share with you all my experience as it relates to that. And um, someone who I consider my, my very best friend told me that she was jealous of me and it caught me off guard. Like, wait, 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 me? I, I'm the plainest person I've ever met, you know, and I don't try to go above and beyond. I don't try to act better than anybody or anything, but she wrote me this text message and it says, Assalamualaikum. So I'm writing this as a sister and a friend. I really don't want to make this a big deal because it isn't one at all, but I'm just not on to, I'm just not one to let things linger. I'd rather just clear the air. It's no secret that we have a rocky relationship and this has been for some time now, but I really get a weird vibe whenever we are in the same company or whenever we cross paths. Sometimes we cool, other times I just get a weird energy from you, and I really don't know how to approach it, address it, nor handle it. I've given it the benefit of the doubt that maybe I'm just misinterpreting things at times, because I'll admit that I have in the past, but I just can't be me in my head all the time. At times, it just seems like there is a silent competition, a war between the two of us. And I only say competition because every time you come around, there's just this funny vibe, like you're trying to make it a point to have a one-up on me. So I put my guard up, then eventually distance myself altogether. This makes it harder. I feel for us to repair our friendship. So I said all of this to say, is there something that I'm missing? Is there unresolved feelings or something between our relationship? Because on some real, um, she called me by my nickname. I'm at the point in my life where I just want to focus on myself, accept my own flaws, really connect with Allah and be a better me. All my focus and criticism is on self. I don't want no drama, no beef, no ill feeling, no funny ish, no unresolved issues, no underlying feelings, nothing. And then I put, if we are made in the image and the likeness of God, we are created by God to reflect him perfectly. The people must be free to grow, to develop, to be cultivated, that the glory of God may be seen in the human being that he created. I put, Walaikum Salam. I just want to address your concern. It's a big deal because it was mentioned and it's sad that you believe I feel I have a one-up on you. I want for my brothers and sisters what I want for myself. My gift is my gift and your gift is your gift. I'm in competition with no one but me praying to be a better my, praying to better myself each and every day. This is the reason we always fell out because of this mindset. I'm no longer matching energies that can't help me do the work. That is to raise our people from the condition they are currently in. I've forgiven you and I'm sure you've forgiven me. You have to really think to yourself, Allah, why is this the way that my thought press it? Why did? Why is this my thought process? This was one of the reasons I always stayed to myself because of situations like this. Left the, the mosque because we couldn't occupy the same space. Allah showed me I wasn't in the class for no one, but to stay the course, to do the work I was ordered to do. I pray I did not offend you in any way. May Allah bless you. So 
that was um, from um, me. So I just wanted to share my experience because it was definitely something touchy. And when you brought this up, it actually made me cry because when I went to church the other day, a pastor told me, she said, listen, sis, you're going to walk in a room and you're going to make the most secure woman feel insecure. And that's not my presence. You know, I walk in somewhere and I, I greet everybody. I'm smiling. You know, I shake hands. I talk to people. But I don't understand why somebody would tell me that, you know, that they were jealous of me. And it just hurt my feelings to know that my sister, somebody who I love dearly, would say that to me. So, assalamu alaikum. But that is definitely my experience. Mm. I want to play something from the minister real quick. I want y'all to check this out. This is the minister on how to handle envy because this is deep. I've had someone tell me that they was envious of me as well. Several brothers. Uh, so let me share this with y'all. But when I became a Muslim under the leadership of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and under the tutelage of Malcolm X, my focus narrowed down totally to black people. Totally. I didn't know I was being formed then. I didn't know. Always envy surrounded me in my upbringing. Whenever I would win the talent show or appear on television and whatnot, I always wanted to share what I had with my friends and I found when I go to the pool room, they would, you know, look a little different at me and envy start coming in when you start being separated from your friends for your gifts and your talents and each one of us has to learn how to handle envy especially when it comes from one of your own in your own family it's worst of all when you got a brother or sister that envies you and it's hard as hell when it comes in your organization and in your people malcolm had to understand as i mentioned last week what envy and jealousy do it is a fire that can burn you, but if you're being formed by God, he uses the fire to beat you into shape. Mm. Malcolm was envied by so many who claimed to be his brother. Yes, they hated him because he was so brilliant. Yes, they hated him because he was so popular. Yes, they hated him because he enjoyed the love of Elijah Muhammad even more so than even the children of the messenger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's true. Yes, they hated him for that. When the time came that Malcolm had to be spanked by his teacher, and all the time the messenger was directing heat to him, through the jealousy of the people, they were putting heat on Malcolm. How does Malcolm respond to the fire? Envy is a passion. But it also produces anger, which is another passion. These two fires can cancel each other out if you are not developed enough to control your anger to save the object that is envying you. Oh, it's a hell of a story. It's a heck of a story. Malcolm lost his life because he became angry with his teacher. And in that anger, he lost the ability to reason with what he was fighting against. And he was killed, assassinated. I'm not going to say Muslims had nothing to do with it. But I'm going to say the government had more to do with it than Muslims. Though we may have been very well involved. 
But two innocent men were in, uh, in prison. One of them just released, one of them still in prison for a crime they did not commit because it was necessary for the government to show that Muslims had killed Malcolm so that those who loved Malcolm would fight against those who loved Elijah Muhammad and we would cancel each other out. I didn't know that Elijah Muhammad was forming me all the time because I walked in Malcolm's shoes. And you don't know a man, brother and sister, until you walk some way in his shoe. None of you on the outside of Malcolm, on the outside of the nation, can appreciate what that means when I say I walked in Malcolm's shoes. You can't appreciate that because you had no relativity to Elijah Muhammad except a distant relativity. But I walked in Malcolm's shoes because I grew to become the national spokesman of Elijah Muhammad. You hear me? Yes, sir. And as the more I spoke for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I gained the love of the masses of black people, but the envy and the scorn of many of my brothers who, and sisters who labored with me inside the movement. Yes, sir. And there came a time in my development where I thought that Elijah Muhammad was at the base of the problem. And in my own thinking, I thought, is he jealous of me, his student? Well, that's a vain thought in a student's mind. It could be real, but it could be vain. For why should a teacher who made you be jealous of you? It could be teachers get like that sometimes. But if a teacher gets like that, he's unfit to be a teacher. He's certainly not divine. But I saw into Elijah Muhammad after a while what I didn't see when I was going through all that pain. That pain was terrible to see brothers eating me up. And I never did nothing that I know of to any of them. I worked to fill up their mosques and then they would teach the people against me. I would bring money, mountains of it to the nation of Islam to have people talk about me. I fed most of these that were the laborers here in Chicago, we fed them from New York. But they hated me. Oh, but Allah is God, and he always has a plan, and his plan is greater than the plan of the envious, and the jealous, and the weak-hearted. But I didn't know Elijah Muhammad like I thought I did. And I began to think devious thoughts about my teacher until I told you last week he talked about that piece of board. That when you're going to use a piece of board to hold up the weight of a building, put it in the corner. you got to put a lot of stress on the board. And if it cracks, you throw it away and get another because a cornerstone has to be very greatly tried. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's why in the Bible, when you read about Jesus, the cornerstone, you read about a tried stone. You've got to be tried. And any of you that are Masons, you know that's what you say. I've been tried and never denied. And I'm willing to be tried again. Mm. Deep. Something else I want to, I want to read this because this is deep now. How to uproot the disease of envy. Oh, man, we getting in it today. Okay, look at this. Brother Minister, you have just summed up Allah willing how to uproot envy and jealousy. 
What are the roots of gratitude and ingratitude? Uh, this is in closing the gap. I don't know what page it was where he was talking about envy. Let me, and I wish I had my book near me. Um, cause I will, I will want to read that. I was looking for that part where he actually talked about it. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow, but one of the causes of envy and jealousy is the lack of gratitude for what God has done for you. Cause you're not, he, it, I remember he said, you're not envious with the person you're envious with God because it was God that gave them the gifts that you're jealous and envy of. So the minister says, I would say that the root of gratitude is the humbleness of the heart to be able to appreciate every little thing that is done to advance you and your growth and development or move you toward your goal or suffice for a need. All right. Can you uh, make sure they muted, Brother Wesley? Uh, then we have the root of ingratitude. It would seem to me is an arrogance that makes you think you deserve what you got. So you never quite see things as you should. So you act by what you receive to advance you toward your goal as if you only got what you deserve. So the opposite of humility is what produces ingratitude. We come into this world naked as the Bible teaches. Hold on, let me make sure y'all can see what I'm reading. Y'all can't even see what I'm reading. Hold on now, let me get down there. We come into this world naked as the Bible teaches, meaning we have nothing. But out of this world, everything that we desire can come to us either through God's intervention, directly or indirectly, but it always comes by the hand of another human being. When one goes through life humble, or humble enough to be grateful for everything that God gives us. When you begin to feel down, if you start counting your blessings, you can begin to see you've been blessed with so much abundance that the, this little disappointment or unfulfilled desire should never alter your attitude of gratefulness. So I'll send you guys this, but Essentially, what I wanted to get out of this was we got to be grateful for what God has already done for us. Uh, there's a lecture I probably can pull it today to play it tomorrow. But God, uh, but the minister was reiterating that. Uh, when you have fallen in love with what God has done for you, you almost don't have no room to be envious for somebody else or jealous with somebody else. And so it's rooted in our own ingratitude of what God has done for us. Cause I, I, I silently want what that brother has. And it's silent. Sometimes he said, how do you, what does envy look like? And in, in one of the lectures, it don't have a look to it. You know, angry eyes, you know, you mad, sad, got a look, but envy, you don't, you can't see it. So oftentimes you deal with that yourself. So it's hard, if, if, you know, if you envious, it's hard for somebody to see it and be like, hey, man, you all right, man, you need some. But if you mad, sad, somebody can see that and say, hey, man, you need some help. So that's all. You got to deal with that yourself. You and a lie. That's a relationship you got to build. You got to see what God has given. You got to count your blessings on your own unless you're willing to admit, hey, man, I got to admit, bro, I'm. 
I'm being envy. I need some help with this. But all the time, ain't nobody going to say that. Some may say it now. But some, most of the time, ain't nobody going to tell you that. So you got to build that relationship with God, man. To, to uproot that envy and jealousy. Because we know we taught the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said an envious person will kill you. It can lead to murder. Man, think about that. Got to be careful. Anybody else want to share something that stood out before we close? Boy, this stuff here gets deep. Uh, man, I wish I wish I had that clip. I don't be knowing these clips. I be going off what y'all saying, and it makes me think about clips that I'm aware of. So that's why I don't be having them on deck sometimes. Brother Winfrey, go ahead. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, while you was talking and, and when you played that last clip of uh, the envy, right? Um, that's why it's so important. You know, uh, you know, we being students of the life-giving teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, guided by the honorable minister Farrakhan, you know, for those that are on the line or on this live that are that are not students of, or, or even Muslim, you know, Christian, whatever you may be, it's all good. But <clears throat> you, you hear us say that all the time, and you, you, you see how we be so fired up about these teachings, being a part of the nation of Islam. It's not so much of where we're trying to separate ourselves from our brothers and sisters, but the, 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 the reality is um, to understand, you know, the supreme being and understand that we are able to wear the attributes of God. That's what's going to allow you to understand enviness. That's what's going to allow you to understand jealousy when you can literally put on the reality of God, when you can really see yourself as a baby God, as you can see yourself as um, not not just a person who's uh, still, oh, I pray to God and my prayers going up and you know, you, you, you sit yourself outside of the reality of God because there are going to be certain things that in order to understand how to bring a resolution to uh, and to improve yourself, you have to literally know that when you're reading the scriptures, when you're reading the attributes of God and how Jesus did things, you have to literally put yourself there. You have to literally have yourself in, this, in, in those shoes. That's why the minister said, in order to understand a person, you have to have somewhat type of experience in those shoes. And so, so, so when, when the disciples seen Jesus and, and they asked him, when will we see the father? And he said, you know, when you see me, you see the father. Very, very, uh, you, you know, simple for some, but complex for others. But in order to um, see that, and, and, and also, uh, when we're talking about the enviness, we're talking about the jealousy, we're talking about, you know, conflict resolutions. A lot of times the person who you are at uh, disagreement with or at odds with, it has to do a lot with the trauma of their upbringing. A lot of the things that they went through in their upbringing uh, brings about, like you said, the, the, the not seeing themselves, not being able to see the gifts of what of what God has done for them. So when they do get into those uh, situations, even ourselves, not. It, it, it happens to us because I've had trauma. I've I've had I've had trauma growing up. 
you know, uh, seeing things. And, and that's why the Honorable Mr. Farrakhan wanted us to get out of it. That's the reason why. To go into those engrams and, and pull those engrams out because, you know, yeah, anytime we get into a, a situation with somebody, the first thing we're going to think is we always right. And that's not the case, man. That's, that's, that's not the case. You have your truth and that person have their truth, but you know, that don't mean that's the truth. That's what the minister said. The minister said it's three. It's three parts of it. It's it's your truth, their truth, and then, you know, we break it down. That's why the whole that's why the eight steps of atonement is so important. You know, we 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 try to come and 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 you know bring a, a, a resolution with with someone just off the off of emotion. And it can't just be you can't you can't get nothing solved just off of emotion. You have to go through those steps to where is going to consider the intelligence of the attributes of God. And you have to literally be able to see yourself uh, wearing those attributes of God's uh, to get where you need to go. As-salamu alaykum. Well, like salam. Next up, we got Sister Yasina. As-salamu alaykum. What I loved about this, especially this clip that you just played, is... Staying in the in the space of gratitude, because when we're grateful, we look back at what Allah has brought us through. We really don't have time to be worried about what he's given to someone else, because it's the seen and the unseen. There are blessings we see and blessings we don't see. I do a gratitude journal every night that I share with someone and I have to every night write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And it has to be 10 different things from the previous day. And I've been doing it for over a year and a half. And I can tell when, you know, when I'm off, like those days when I'm not feeling like doing it, it's because I've, I'm looking at the things that I don't have. I'm looking at where I once was and I'm trying to get back to and beyond. And those things will weigh me down. And those are the times when I'll get an email or a text message to say, hey, you didn't write your, your 10 things you're grateful for. I don't care if, if it's you woke up this morning. I need 10 things you're grateful for. And it helps because it's, the struggle is ordained. And sometimes we get caught up in the struggle. We get caught up in the pain. We get caught up in, in looking at uh, what other people have and what we, what we don't have. And forget that we have much. So I don't waste my time. I'm not gonna say because I've had a I had a moment where somebody where it was something that was given to somebody else, and I know I've worked hard for it. And I was like, "What the heck?" Uh, and, and it was like a, a tug on my coattail. Like, well, what's for you is for you, and what's for somebody else is for somebody else. God didn't give it to that per to you. He gave it to that person. And the minister talks about that in closing the gap. 
that God will give something to somebody else that you think is for you just to see how you're going to act. And I had to deal with that. Like, ooh, uh, and get off of my high horse. You know, because if I'm looking at, if I'm worried about what somebody else got, then I, li- I miss my blessing. So I'm trying, so I stay in the, in the mind of gratitude, gratefulness, because when we're busy looking at somebody else, we busy doing nothing. Mm. I like Salam. I see Sister Serena with your hand up. Did you want to speak? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Peace and blessings. Um, so first, Brother Ben, I want to say thank you for the message. Um, and um what stood out to me, one, was a lot of people are in states right now where they can't identify what envy and jealousy is um, so that they can, you know, move accordingly in life. And I feel like this message was was very much needed. And I hope that you shared on other platforms um, just to to be able to put that information out there and put a stain on somebody's brain so that they're not... Um, uh, beating themselves up about somebody else being envious or having um, jealousy in their heart towards something that they have no control over. Um, and I also want to want to shout out Brother Winford on mentioning trauma in regards to people having this this sense of envy or jealousy towards other people. Um, because if you can't also identify that it could possibly be trauma, um, it, it gives you the opportunity to maintain your peace and give that person grace because you only know what you know. <laughs> um, and then the uh, the other thing that, that really stood out to me in your message was um, having gratitude, um, having gratitude for what it is that you have. Um, but really more so for me, it's, it's the ability to acknowledge the things that are happening around me and, um, and, just that one little piece of of being able to acknowledge what's going around you gives you the opportunity to kind of step back and be like, you know, I'm gonna get him grace <laughs> because my peace is 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 much more. It, it my my peace will gain me more wealth versus me beating myself up about somebody else having envy towards me, and that's really some shit I can't control. Yeah. So thank you for the message. I appreciate it. I, I look forward to learning more and listening more this was very much so needed today yes ma'am are you the sister from fruit fruit craves yeah mm-hmm. yeah i knew that was your, your uh how did you uh hear about the call uh brother winford sent me the link come on man fishing them on in okay 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 <laughs> thank you for coming Everybody else, y'all make sure y'all invite somebody on. Sister Sheila set y'all on fire last last week. She had about three, four, five people on here. Let's get some guests on. Uh, Sister Kava. Yes, sir. Assalamualaikum. Well, excellent. There was two things that stood out. Um, and then listening to the second message really uh, made me want to share. Um. So the first thing is when we're talking about the eight steps of atonement, just thinking about the steps. And then, you know, when we say that we've atoned, so the eighth, the actual eighth step in getting there is the 
perfect union with Allah God, right? And so sometimes we think that the atonement process ends with the two individuals that are having the discord. And I think that if we put in our mind what the end result is supposed to be, which is that perfect union with Allah God, then whether or not, um, as one sister was saying, whether or not the, the, the atonement process frees you as an individual once you go into it, because you may have to realize that, okay, my goal is, yes, I want to atone with the individual, but my goal is the perfect union with the law. What does that look like? Now, a part of the, the, the atonement is also step number five, which is to make amends, to make reparations, to do something to um, repair the damage. So a lot of times we say, oh, okay, we've atoned. But when you look at it, where where is the repair? And that may take time. So, you know, I see the atonement process that sometimes it takes time. It may take over a protracted period of time because there's reparations that need to be made. There's forgiveness that may be may need to be made. It could be as simple as happening overnight or it could take some time. And in the cases when it takes time, it takes um, opportunity for reparation for for each person to grow in a certain way. How then do you utilize atonement over that protracted period of time? So I was just looking at the word when it was saying settle your differences. So when we think about the word settle, by definition, one of the definitions that I saw was to arrange, put in a proper place or to arrange in a certain space or place. So it just made me to think that settling our difference in atonement is not necessarily solving because settling and solving, solving the problem versus settling the problem is not necessarily the same. So if we are settling something, we can arrange because we started talking about, you know, organizations and businesses and how do you, um, you know, settle your difference or how do you not let black organizations fall or, you know, um, or, you know, what can we do? So just being proactive, if we decided that we're going to settle, then we can just use certain um, good manners, good morals in order to settle, arrange things in a certain place. So I may have a difference with this particular black business. And by me saying I'm settling my differences, that may mean, well, I'm not going to talk bad about the business. I have an issue. I'm trying to settle it. I didn't get my money back. I'm trying to repair. But one thing that I won't do I'm going to make the arrangement within myself that I'm not going to talk bad about this business. Or the minister said about peace. When we give peace, I'm going to hold my peace for now until we can make better moves because I don't want, you know, a bad light on this particular business or this particular person. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to slack talk. We're working it out. It's over a protective period of time but I'm going to settle on the best part. 
So I just wanted to put that in there because sometimes we think that, it, you know, the atonement process is an instant process and sometimes it can take some time. That was all. Yes, ma'am. And, and I think something that uh, I want to add to that is on point number five in one that I'm in, the opposite person writes what they want to make a, what they want the person to make amends. Because what I'm hearing there is, you know, I'm settling Hey, I still haven't be, I haven't got what I wanted yet, but I just ain't going to say that. I'll settle with that. That's fine. If that's what a person wants to do, but in the process or eight steps of atonement and what I am pushing for this morning is for the person to clearly state, okay, now this is what I want done, or this is what I need to be able to forgive you. Because it says atonement, meaning to make amends and reparations for the wrong. If we say we want reparations for the white man, they ain't just got it, man, I'm sorry, I apologize for it, man. I, you, no, there's some you're going to have to pay, something that you're going to have to do to for this wrong. And then step number six goes into forgiveness by the offended party to cease to feel offense because or resentment. Because at the end of the day, if I'm feeling like I'm the only one settling, then the resentment is still there. So I encourage us as we do go through this, go through this process of atonement that we be honest about what do I really what what can I what am I willing to really accept to make amends, not just. So I think when the ministers say settle your differences, that don't, you know, hey, that ain't mean, hey, man, that brother owed me $50,000 and he ain't gave me, nah, I guess I just settled with you. Now, if you really know you want, I need at least 30, write it down and maybe a plan can be put together. It may, like you say, it may not happen tomorrow, but let's really, and I think that happens oftentimes with us because I have, a, I'm saying this because I have a situation that I'm in that mentioned that, like, they were willing to do certain things. They were, they were, they were, they were, they was accepting something just because like, all right, I just want to get it over with. It's a heated moment. But then after we had time go by and we really sat down, they didn't really agree to that. Like, that's not what they really wanted to do. They just did it. All right, man, I'll settle for that. I'll just come on for the brotherhood, whatever. And then it's like, well, we come back six months later. Now you changing it. You're changing it because you wasn't really being authentic then. That's not really what you wanted to make amends. So let's, I'm just saying that to say, you know, be honest and upfront because that's, from my experience, it's going to come back up later because you really, you're resenting your own answer um, is what I've, what I've personally experienced. Um, Let me see. Anybody else? Because we got about 20 more minutes and then I got, oh, I see a brother. Nope. Hold on. We got a couple ones. Next up, we got Dr. Ken Kenyatta. Good morning. <clears throat> um, so I, I unfortunately missed the um, the message this morning. I didn't get to hear the actual recording because I jumped on late. Um, but um, just listening to the second message about envy and jealousy and listening to the conversation. Um it's interesting because I think, I don't know if it was you, Brother Ben, someone mentioned something about adults being jealous. And I'm dealing with a situation now with my son 
He's um, 16 years old. And ever, it seems like all through his life, he has always been in um, situations where it he's had issues with adults and actually black men being somewhat, it appears, envious or jealous of him or disliking him or treating him um, negatively. Um, and we're actually dealing with the situation now where um, he feels like he, he he's dealing with a situation with a coach where a coach um, actually belittled him and his father in the presence of others. And when I say belittle, I mean using negative words, you know, called my husband and my son um, a, a nigger in front of everybody and belittle him. And he has had these things happen to him on multiple occasions. And my son has always carried himself um, in a positive way, um, uh, being kind to others, being considerate of others, humbling himself, you know, seeing, you know, people treat him a certain way, but trying to uh, rise above those things. And when we talk about envy and jealousy, you know, many times he, you know, we question how can a, an adult be jealous of a child? And it actually is possible that adults are jealous of children. But the, the hard thing about it is like for him, he as a young person, he doesn't understand why, because, of course, the adult is supposed to be someone we look up to. And then again, with a, another black man uh, to another young black man, you know, young black, you know, young man, you know. And but again, how how when we talk about jealousy and envy, it has no age and it has no, you know, no. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm like stuttering right now because it's like just such a crazy experience and a situation. And he's been struggling with it for so long. And he asks the question, why? And so when you play the message from the minister and I always talk to him and I, 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 I go back to the minister and I say, well, look at the minister. Look how people treat the minister and, he care, and how the minister carries himself. Um, and so I always say to my son, like, you know, there's not ever you may not get the answer why and you may not understand. But like with the message you just shared, where it talks about the head cornerstone and how we are going to be tried and, you know, how and, and you tried. It doesn't again age when you're tried. There's no age. You know, as the minister said, he was tried all his life, you know, as a young man, people being jealous of him. And so um, it's just interesting that this conversation, we're having this um, conversation this morning because, you know, my son Kanye is, get, is, is at the place where he's like feeling like, is there something wrong with me? You know, did I did I do something wrong or, or do I change who I am or why do, why do these things keep happening to me? So, you know, and we just continue to tell him to stand firm, stand firm and you know, difficulty is required and, you know, you will be challenged, but don't run away from the challenge. You continue to be who you are. You continue to walk 
righteously, you know. But again, like I said, it's just so sad and disappointing that even jealousy and envy, you can, an an adult actually can be jealous and envious of of a child and not even for no reason you don't you may not even have any type of experience with these people they just just by the way you carry yourself so again um we you know we're just continuing to go through this situation with my son but i just am appreciative of the message this morning and the message that you play with from the minister because one it confirms that you're going to be tried and you may be tried again. And it also confirms that you're moving in the right direction. If you getting tried, continue again to stand firm and continue to know that um, those that are, you know, the head cornerstone is tried harder and more, you know. So anyway, thank you. And um, yes, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Look at see, this is why I encourage us to invite somebody on because we never know what somebody is going through and how the minister's teachings, clips, articles can really impact and just help uh, somebody get clarity even about what they're going through. So, man, this is deep. Next up, and again, we got 10 more minutes, y'all, so we got to close out soon. I see Shaheem, and then we're going to close out with, uh, I see somebody with their hand raised named Blue Collar CEO. So y'all will be the last two before we close out. Brother Shaheem. Hello? Yes, sir. Hell is low. It's low? Yes, sir. Hell is low. Hell is low. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just call the man and thank you uh, for these calls you be doing. I'm working right now, so I'm trying to get it in quick and it be loud. But um, I be wanting to share, but a lot of people don't want to take the time out to listen, man. You know, it's like we be on these jobs, we plantation for like eight hours, and they ain't talking about nothing but waiting on the weekend and stuff like that. So that be draining. But I, so I appreciate the cause, man. And um, just dealing with conflict and stuff like that, I I look at the minister and the way he be uh handling himself during the interviews and the manner in which he speaks and the tone and stuff like we be on John and it's like they try to pull him in to debate and stuff like that, but he never get out of character. Uh, when he's preaching and teaching us, I see you know he might raise his voice so we can really feel it, but. With the even with the enemies and the people that don't like him, he never get out of character. He just like he just hits them with the truth. And then that made me think of a, a video with Brother Nori. He was talking about you know nine times out of ten when people are arguing, usually they arguing about who's right instead of what's right. You know. So I related all back to when the minister say he can't live without the truth. And, and Brother Nori was like, you know, even us as men sometimes. We think he's be the head of the household, but he's like if his wife hit him with um some supreme wisdom, he has to bow down to the truth. It's not so much that you need him, but it's like the truth overstands all. So sometimes, you know, people be um getting into arguments over their feelings and stuff like that. And a lot of times you gotta see that coming ahead of time. Cause uh I heard T D Jake say you can't really mature until you um know how to be nice and nasty. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people walk around with their feelings on their face and just and you still, he's like, kids catch tantrums and get upset and you did this or I ain't get this. And you went out, brother uh, Shaheen. Your audio went out. Uh, he might have got booted out. Let's go to Blue. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, so I 
I've had some issues like this in my life where um, I've always been envied for um, like what I believe and who I am. I've been able to do a lot of success, have a lot of success in my life. And I've always found that the people that had more money or more fame or even more um, experience always was when I, as I was coming up, they've always envied me. So a lot of times in my, when I was younger, cause I've been successful, I'm, I'm 39. I've been really successful since I was like 23. I used to check it aggressively, like far as like a Debo type check. Right. Because I felt some kind of slighted because I, I, I can't, I, it was all genuine with me. Um, but this last time I had an issue where someone, um, you know, they see your talent. That's what, that's the thing about people, people that envy you, they see your light. And, and so it's not an actual, um, I don't, I used to take it as like a, um, like I used to take it as like, man, they hating on me or they doing all this. But now I take it as they see something that I'm not, that God has, that's revealing to me. They already see my destination, you know? So they, so they kind of hate it or they want to get in, they want to get in, they want to get in front of it and try to block it. Well, once I learned that, and I did this recently with someone, I learned that it's not my battle to fight. And the, when I didn't check this last situation, I was blessed with my prayers. Right. When I didn't check it, when I sat back and I allowed my emotions to take a hold for like a month and I just kind of looked at it and I was still working, doing what I was doing. I watched God give me what I needed to have at that moment and elevate me fast, accelerate me faster than I thought I would be accelerated. Right. So and it was all I felt like I felt like me checking them would have been a test to my to, to where I was trying to go to what I was praying for, to how, what I was thinking God was going to do for me. So I also, and then I also got to like develop emotional intelligence with them, you know, cause it's a, we're, we're, we're if, if, like it or not, we're in a battle, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a battle of good and evil. And and so knowing that we was in this, we in this battle, we have to be like mindful. The Bible says you gotta, um, you gotta, you gotta put all the armor of God on. So as I understand these these terms as I grew up and my mother, you know, put um, God in me, I realized that these are the tests that I'm going to have in my life. And if I pass these tests, I'm going to be able to win in silence and, and get the last laugh. And I think more and so we, we, we look at life as we look at, we look at these trials and we look at these things or we look at them and we look at them as opposition. When really, when really, I feel like I've been being tested. This last time, I really just, you know, prayed about it, sat back, didn't say nothing, got real quiet with the individual, and and I watched God do so much in that period where when I talked to him, it didn't even matter no more. I won. I won. I won in my spirit. And so once I won in my spirit, now I just know how to deal with them. And 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 I understand that th that these type of people are going to keep presenting themselves in my life. So as a warrior, as somebody that's pushing the, to to achieve great success, I got to understand that hate come with the plate. And once I understand that, and I get out of the emotions of it. I tr I treat everything in purpose, and I treat everything with uh with grace and gratitude. I don't have to. I don't have. I don't have to check nobody. I don't have. That's not. That's not for me. I let God fight my battles. 
and I've and I just did this. This is something that um that just happened and it's starting it's it's starting to pay in the spiritual realm better than than me beating them up or put pulling up on them or having some kind of um conflict because what I realized that life is short and our time is 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 what you what you gotta value most. So if I get into a conflict with somebody that I know that spiritually done show me that they have some kind of hate or envies toward me, then I realize that I'm going to lose two or three hours of my day thinking about them. And I feel like God, I feel like I get, I get punished by losing that time to not focus on my business, not focus on my purpose, to not focus on the things that God wants me to do because all of us have like a time, a hidden time on our, on our life that we don't see. And so you really gotta, you really gotta start taking these type of um, fights and these type of um, wars as just a test to be blessed. And that's how, and, and, and I experienced it multiple, multiple years in my, in, in life with, with, with wanting and praying for the type of success that I, that I have and I, and I want, I know that these types are going to keep coming, but that's it. That's all I want to say. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, friend. We got to close out again tomorrow morning. Same Zoom link, same passcode, even if you do not get a text message. I'm telling y'all right now. Let me, I, mean, I don't know if I need, let me, let me put it up so I can get y'all the actual facts because I'm trying to get y'all to really hone in on this. I have 25,000 text messages that I pay for every month. We at 21,000. So every morning that I send y'all out, it's, it's like 700 people on the list. Obviously, everybody don't show up. But I can't choose who I send it to. So every time I send this blast out, it's chopping down at these messages. So if they go out, I don't want y'all to be like, oh, maybe we ain't got the meeting this morning. So come on. It's the same Zoom link, same passcode every morning. I'm going to send them out and max out my text messages. But if I max them out, I don't want y'all to not come. So every morning, 8 a.m., whether you get a text message or not, come on, same Zoom call, same passcode, and uh, make sure that y'all in, invite somebody, all right? Make sure y'all invite somebody tomorrow morning. We got up to 78 people, y'all. Our goal is to get over 100, okay? Our goal is to get over 100 on the Zoom call. So make sure y'all invite somebody. So hopefully y'all got some value out of this morning. If y'all did, thank y'all for coming. If you're a first-time guest, man, thank you for coming. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. And make sure y'all invite somebody, God willing, tomorrow. All right? 8 a.m. Central Time. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you. Wa alaykum salam. You're welcome. Wa alaykum salam, sir.